one news talk station. FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT Burlington. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Tuesday morning. And joining us in studio now is Vermont's Auditor of Accounts, Doug Hoffer. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Kurt. Good to be here. And, uh, Doug, let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, you have been in the news a lot lately in the last week or two. And uh, I don't think um, you and the mayor will probably be going to dinner anytime soon. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Give us the, the lay of the land of what you have basically said that Burlington has done wrong in regard to TIF. We know that Burlington had some problems a few years ago with the TIF. Now, for those who don't know, tax increment financing, it's a complicated issue. Uh, it's complex. Uh, but the mayor has basically indicated that he, he used the word bogus in response to, to what you've and, and the auditor's office has said about Burlington with the TIF issue. And he, pretty strong word, and he also said that he thinks that you're wrong and that you uh, are are basically it's because you don't like tiffs. That's what the mayor said. That is what he said. And clearly he was looking for some excuses to, to uh, divert attention from the problems we identified. Uh, first, the earlier audit of the waterfront tiff uh, illustrated a lot of the problems that the city had had over a decade. Record keeping, managing all these capital projects. Where did the money come from? Where did it go? They had a lot of problems, which they acknowledged. And he didn't mind the part of the report where we said they've improved some of that. That That's okay. Uh, there were some other issues, bookkeeping issues, that led to mistakes of a quarter of a million dollars here, $100,000 there, and also one for a million uh, related to some development fees that Champlain College pays the city each year and were supposed to be included in the TIF, and they were not. And VEPSI found that the city had made that error, which we helped calculate. Now you're talking about currently, not the old waterfront. Yeah, this is the downtown yep. TIF. Yeah, and, and they really penalized the city for that. So there were a lot of things that were wrong. There were some things that they improved from the waterfront TIF days. So it was a little of both. The one that the mayor was so upset about is really an issue where he's missing what we said in the report. The city used a financing technique, which the state and other big cities around the country have used for years, where you can get a so-called premium. You can get extra cash when you go out to the market and sell bonds, but you have to pay extra interest for that. So his the city's feeling was we'll have more money to do more good stuff on the infrastructure side of the TIF equation. And that sounds good and it's okay. However, every TIF applicant agrees to a financing plan with EPSI. That's the Economic Progress Council. They administer this program. And once you do that, you're locked in. Now, you can't say, you can't know with any certainty before you go out to the market to sell bonds exactly what the cost is going to be, but there's a general range at any given time, 3%, 3.5%, whatever it might be. The premium uh, method uh, really throws everything out the window, and there's a lot more money at issue. The city did well and got an extra $4 million to spend, but it also led, over the life of the, the bond, an extra $8 million in interest. Now, the city, the people of the city of Burlington don't have to pay that. The money is withheld from the Ed Fund, that's the nature of TIF, for 20 years, and it was not approved by VEPSI. Now, if they had asked up front to do that, I don't know what Vepsi would have said. We're going to find out because the city's going to go to Vepsi and ask for a get-out-of-jail free card. But uh, that's what happened. We never said that the city didn't have the authority to use that financing mechanism. They do. The states used it before. The cities used it. That wasn't the point. The point was that they did not adhere or comply 
with the financing. So if it's it's like if you're in business and you have <clears throat> you have a financing structure with a bank and you go in and they say, okay, this you know, this is the operating parameters of your business and we're going to loan you this money, and then you go outside those operating parameters, and it may work or not work, but uh, you don't have pre-approval, and and so VEPSI ostensibly is the credit agency or the bank underwriting or or approving this financing package. And so the city, it's completely legal had they asked approval in, in advance, yeah. but they just, they didn't. And now, now they're going back to ask after the fact. Yeah, they assumed that because they have the authority to do that type of financing for general city work right. of any uh, capital projects, borrowed money, that that means that it's okay for TIF. As we have found over the years, as we do these TIF reports there are little funny places in statutes that say yeah you might be able to do that normally like in st albans where they use debt to pay debt the city can do that but not for tiff and we have an opinion from the ag's office on that so it's it's interesting and i'm, I'm disappointed that he took it so hard do do yeah. you think that the problem is the complexity of tiff that's part of it but remember the question here is the financing plan has a purpose Vepsi considers a number of things when they approve these plans. One is the risk. Now, Burlington, obviously, is a big city. It has a lot of development with or without TIF, and I think they're likely to be able to pay their debts. That isn't the problem. But for other towns, if they, if they borrowed that much more or had that much more to pay, they might not get the grandless growth that was anticipated because it's so much more than the plan at the outset. Also, Vepsi has a responsibility to the Ed Fund and to limit and cap, in terms of the plan, how much a city can take. So what happens with your report? You've identified what you view, the mayor feels differently, but you've identified in your audit uh, mistakes that Burlington has made, as you called it, significant mistakes is the headline that I'm looking at here. What happens with that report? Well, people yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the auditor. But, but, the but if you're right, does, uh, does you mentioned Vepsi, does Vepsi weigh in here? Do they say that they, they say, hey, Doug Hoffer's right, or what happens? That's the first step. Vepsi has already is aware of and now has an opportunity to answer the question. Burlington will go to Vepsi and ask, you know, for permission in in retroactive terms, uh, and Vepsi has to make a decision. Now, interestingly, Vepsi with us made a joint request to the Attorney General for an opinion about whether the statute allows this for TIF. We were acting on the rules. The rules say you have to have a financing plan and all that stuff, and that's that's true. The statute is unclear. So Vepsi needs an opinion from the AG, but the AG's not going to give it. So I don't know what they're going to do. It'll be interesting. So is is that, that 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 then leads to the second headline that you've made in the last two weeks. Who me? Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like that if we can, if we're gonna take a are we gonna take a break? Uh no, actually. Okay. I was gonna say we I'd rather get into that when we get back from the break, but if we're not taking one. Well, yeah, yeah, we probably should. Okay. All right, we're going to take a real quick day. The Morning Drive, FM 96.3 and AM 620, WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody, where we are continuing our discussion now with Vermont's Auditor of, Auditor of Accounts, Doug Hoffer. If you have a question for the auditor, Give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. Doug, before we go on to the issue that Anthony was about to lurch into, um, and I'll let Anthony do that just a moment, I want to just go, before we sort of make that the focus of the second half here, I want one more question. 
Can you talk a little bit about Champlain College? You touched on that and Champlain College housing building being tested as 100% student housing for taxes when the grand when the ground floor is filled with restaurants, uh, a building that's a block from City Hall. Can you talk about that a little bit? I, all, all I can say is the city didn't acknowledge that it was anything but housing. And interestingly, my deputy was riding by that place one day on his bike and said, oh, I think I'll take a picture because it's not all housing. There are restaurants here. So that became audit art in the report, which I adore. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a funny thing. I don't know why the city did that. Who knows? But the real... Beyond that is the one I alluded to before, where they had not deposited all of the fees paid by the college to the city in the TIF fund, and it was a million dollars. And that's why you have an auditor. I mean, I, 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 that's the reality of life. I compare it to, to, to private business, but the reality is you got to look at the books. You've got to audit. You've got to see where the money was supposed to go, what the rules were that came with it, and where it did go. And so... Now, the, the, the TIF conversation is interesting, and, and so there's this, I'll say, gray area. And so then you go to the state's legal office, because really, the state's attorney is the law office of the Vermont state, state of Vermont. So, like, if you, have to, if you need a lawyer to represent you as your office, as the auditor, it's the attorney general's office. Correct. So you went and you asked them for an opinion on the TIF uh legislation or the, or the law about this issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so what happened? Well, they refused. And, (laughs) and for context, uh, there is a statute and, and by the way, for the 10 years prior to the election of the current attorney general, we had asked for and received opinions from the attorney attorneys general, Bill Sorrell, uh, and then TJ for 10 years without any question. They understood this statute and you, you will too. When I read it, it's just one sentence. It's title three, section 159 in the section about the attorney general's responsibilities and duties. The attorney general shall advise the elective and appointive state officers uh, on questions of law relating to their official duties and shall furnish a written opinion on such matters when so requested. You guys have been around. You know that when a statute says shall, it's not discretionary. No. There is no ambiguity. It's the difference between that one word of shall or may. Or may. Right. So... She was obligated to do this, and she and her and her senior deputies decided against it. I don't ac- exactly know why. That's what I was going to ask you. Why do you think previous attorney general's offices would and, and did provide that, and uh, the new attorney general is not? I, I can't get did, into did their give intent. You, did they give you any response? They gave us some excuses about why they can't. I don't think they're, they're going to hold up as legal justification. The statute, as I read, is very clear. It's pretty straightforward. Because obviously it's pretty unusual to have one uh, head of an agency, yourself, going and actually filing suit against another. How difficult a step was that for you to do? I mean, did you try to go different avenues to get this before taking this final step? Well, we spoke to them back in February, shortly after we were all sworn in for the current term that we're both in. And that's when they made their position clear back in February of 23. And then late in the summer when my chief auditor who was doing the downtown TIF audit and the executive director of EPSI both were unclear about the statute's uh, determination about this particular issue, the financing issue. They had the rule, but they didn't have the statute. So they both went together to the AG and said, we need an opinion. And the AG said, no, we're not going to do that. And if you did not file suit and things stayed as they are with the attorney general's office uh, taking the position they're taking, where would that leave you? 
in your department? Well, it's a very interesting question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, as you would imagine, auditors are not lawyers. Although there may be an auditor who's a lawyer here and there. But the point is, when we do our work, if, if there's a compliance component, as there is in TIF, you read the statutes and the rules. Most of the time, they're very clear. There is no ambiguity or inconsistency across statutes. But when there is, and it's important, we need, that's what you know the, the professional standards require, you go out and you get an opinion from an expert. Yeah. Well, who's the expert? The Attorney General's office. They're the, the lawyers for the state. And as I say, we've done that many times over the years, a couple dozen times during my tenure alone. Since we can't do that, there's a, a gap in the reports. They will not be as robust as they should be. That's part of it. The other question is, I not me, but the auditor's office effectively has been given a right by the legislature. This statute's very clear, and the attorney general has an obligation, a duty. So, And the attorney general's gone one step further. Not only did she say, we're not going to do that for you, but she said, you can't sue me. <laughs> and that's really powerful. Think about that for a minute. So well, yeah. if, if I believe, as I do, that I have been denied a right that is very clear in statute, if, if I'm told I can't sue, what is my remedy? Zero. Recourse. Exactly. It, it makes the statute meaningless, which yeah. cannot have been the intent of the legislature. Furthermore, if the attorney general says and is, is found to be true that no one can sue her on matters like this, forget the conflict of interest, then there's no accountability. Right. That's not the way democracy is supposed to work. No, and I think that it, it, it is it is this 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 trend that we've been seeing along the lines, and it's kind of this is this is blatant, but. We have people in elected positions or or appointed positions that that just kind of thumb their nose at the law. They're like, I'm not going to do that, and let's see how far we can go. But the reality is, it's pretty straightforward. And and if if, if there's no if you can't sue them, then there's no recourse for anybody to enforce the law. Right. Has and Judge Helen Tour allowed you to hire an outside attorney as requested? Uh, that's another thing. The attorney general told me I couldn't hire an attorney. <laughs> well, you can't so, because they're your official law. Uh, they're your official attorney. The technically, attorney yes, yes. But there's some history, as you'll see in the brief, which is likely to be filed today or tomorrow, the response to their uh, motion to dismiss and a summary judgment request, uh, that there's a lot of history for statewide officials being sued and suing. So I, I think that question, I don't know. Who knows what judges can do, whatever they choose to do. Uh, but uh, this is a really important question. I think for yeah, a bunch of reasons. I think it is. I, I, I think it. I think it. This is. This will set precedent for a variety of other issues. Uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Uh, regarding Burlington and the and the audit, what are the damages here? What is what has actually uh, gone wrong? Okay. Well, the uh, the use of the financing technique, which again is not uncommon in this country, the the, the use of the premium, so called means that the city obtained an additional $4 million from the sale of the bonds. And on the one hand, you might say, well, that's a good thing. They can do more infrastructure investment. However, it also requires much more interest to be paid over the term of the bond. That money for 20 years comes out of the Ed Fund, and it's about $8 million, estimated to be about $8 million. So it does have a direct impact of uh, $8 million yeah. on the state education fund because right. this is a state uh, program. The, the TIF is a state program. Right. Uh, I I um I uh I, I do want to ask I I just kind of want to dig a little more into this because th there's a lot riding on this case you know I just kind of joked about it but if the judge does find that that the the any state agency uh, and you just happen to be the one suing them can't sue the attorney general's office when they don't when the attorney general's office does not act as the statute is pretty straightforward um 
that's that's going to leave the state in a bit of a pickle, isn't it? Well, what the attorney general recommended to me and my deputy when we met with her and, and her senior people in February was, <clears throat> we're not going to do it for you, but we'll give you a list of private attorneys you can hire. And I thought, well, that sounds nice, but give me a break. You know, my primary audience is the legislature and, and the people of the state. And if, if we produce a report that is based, at least in part, on an opinion from an attorney I hired, people are going to say, you just hired the guy to say what you wanted him to say. The optics would be terrible. And that's a, that gets to a, a sidebar issue, which is when we ask for an opinion from the attorney general, we are completely neutral about what they say. They yeah. say what they're going to say. And your job yeah. is to enforce whatever they interpret right. it as. Right. Now, now, let me let me read a direct quote and just get your reaction to it. This is in the VT Digger article, and this is from the Attorney General's Chief of Staff, Lauren Jandel. She says, it is legally unsound, has wasted state and court resources, and will be unproductive. The irony of the auditor insisting on legal advice from the Attorney General while also not accepting her legal decision, with which he disagrees, is not lost on us. You'll forgive me if I don't chuckle out loud, but the advice that that person referred to was that I'm not allowed to have an attorney or sue the attorney general. But they didn't offer you any advice. The whole point is they didn't offer advice. The advice advice. was go away. So her her legal (laughs) advice... And you won't accept that advice? I'm sorry, I won't, know. So her legal (laughs) opinion on the statute is no opinion, go away. Well, hire a private attorney. Then hey, I, hey, keep, yeah. keep this in mind, by the way. We're a very small shop. Yeah. Most of state government, the major departments and agencies, have in-house attorneys who, in fact, work for the attorney general. They are assistant attorneys general. So if they need an opinion or advice, they go down the hall. I can only go to the attorney general. So we'll be watching this. Doug, When? what's the timeline? When do you think it'll, there'll be a decision? A decision? Oh, God. Um, or, or some kind of. I would hope within a few months. But okay. you never know. Right. I don't know how busy the judge and, is. And uh, we're just about out of time, out of time. But anything else uh, in the legislature that you're going to be advocating for? We know, obviously, the sheriff's uh, changes to the sheriff's uh, w- association of sheriffs was a big issue last year. Do you yeah. think that's that's going to help correct some of the problems we've seen in the sheriff's departments? To some extent, but I do think some of the folks who were advocating for all that are going to come back and talk about some constitutional changes, which is probably appropriate. Will you be testifying on that or any other issues uh, in this? If session? asked, I certainly will, yes. I, I know the legislature is moving on some of the issues we raised during the, the audits about the dams. Right. Uh, so that's moving. There are some things moving. And also accountability, which is a, a topic for another day. All right. There he is, Auditor of Accounts for the State of Vermont, Doug Hoffer. He has been in the news a lot lately. Thanks for being on the morning drive today, Doug. Thank you, guys, both. Thanks for coming in. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in uh, with Fox News. Amanda has the headlines. We've got the forecast for you. Then we're going to talk to Ben Kinsley. Uh, 